Chapter 18. Sandy Spooks Again. Hey, Lamb. Hey, Clary. Hatsy called as they rode up to the ranch house. Aunt Claire appeared in the kitchen door, wiping her hands on her apron. Tell Lamb I brought in that rustler that's been out to his calves. Pete grinned as he slid down from his perch behind Hatsy. Why? Oh, Pete! Aunt Claire exclaimed. Whose horse is that? Lamb! Lamb! What's on your head, Hatsy? Give me a hand down, Pete, Hatsy said. My back's been flat broke, Claire, ever since you made me sleep in that bed of yours. Uncle Lem appeared from the barn. Been horse trading, Hatsy, he drawled. This here Chicago gangster just rustled it, Hatsy answered. He's the same hombre that Pedro saw roping your calves. I'm bringing him in for justice. Rubbish, Hatsy, Aunt Clara said impatiently. Pete, I won't give you a bite to eat unless you tell me what you've been up to. Pete grinned and helped Hatsy out of the saddle. I have to water my horse first, Aunt Clara, he said. Then I'll tell you. Pete emphasized the my just a little. I never could talk on an empty stomach, Hatsy said. Breakfast turned up missing this morning, Clary. Maybe you better quit being so high and mighty and fix us some flapjacks. Oh, pshaw! Aunt Clara said and went into the house, while Pete took Sandy to the watering trough. Still wearing Pete's hat, the old man smacked his lips appreciatively as he finished off a pile of pancakes. Pete hadn't talked either. It was too much fun to wait and see what Hatsy would say or do next. Well, now I'll tell you, Hatsy began. One day, Pete and I were sitting working on our rag rug. Hatsy, I'll never let you in this house again, Aunt Clara broke in. Quit wasting our time and get down to business. There are lots of different ways to tell a story, Hatsy protested. I don't want any stories, Aunt Clara snapped. Hatsy said it was no use. He'd have to give a report. When he had finished telling how Pete and he had caught and gentled Sandy, and how Pete and Sandy had gotten him out of the sandstorm, Uncle Lem said with real admiration, Why then, Pete, you saved Hatsy's life. He'd have been buried there in the dunes along with the Indian stuff if you hadn't your head just when you did. Pete was both pleased and embarrassed. Speaking of heads, Hatsy said, I gotta get some to cover mine. I'll drive you into the store in Alamosa, Uncle Lamb offered. I never wore a store hat in my life, Hatsy snorted. I always get mine through the mail from John B. Stetson himself in Philadelphia. You ought to know that. How do you think I'd look in one of them dude ranch things? It's the best we can do right now, Aunt Claire broke in. You've got to have a hat and it'll take time to get your kind through the mail. You just wear a store one for a while till John B. gets around to sending you one of his. Now it was agreed that Pete should ride Sandy back, find the Appaloosas, and bring in the wagon. He was sure he wouldn't need any help. The horses, if they had run far at all, had probably gone back to the familiar camp at the Box Canyon. You needn't expect to see me back till sometime tomorrow, Pete said. I'll go to the wagon first and get a bedroll, just in case. His aunt and uncle and Hatsy came out to see him off. Pete couldn't resist riding Sandy around the yard to show how well he performed. If they noticed the horse's big feet, they didn't mention them. They were much too pleased with Pete and what he had done. 
On the way to the dunes, Pete wanted nothing more in all the world to let Sandy cover the ground at a triumphant gallop, and he decided he'd better save his horse's strength. There was no telling how much work lay ahead. The windstorm had ended. When Pete reached the wagon, he saw the sand had piled up about a foot around the wheels, and sand had sifted into the wagon bed, covering everything there inches deep. He dug out his bedroll, shook it, took some cans of food from the truck box, and headed north in the direction in which he had last seen the Appaloosas. By the time he reached the mouth of the canyon, he had seen no signs of them, nor were they at the box canyon. Pete decided the best thing would be to ride to the place where they had first sighted the Mustangs, a high open spot from which he had a wonderful view on three sides. He followed along behind the dunes for quite a while before turning up the slope of the mountain. It had been a hard day for Sandy, but he still climbed with spirit. When they were high enough for a good view, Pete dismounted to let Sandy rest and graze for a little while. He looked across the great waste of dunes below him, searching for the Appaloosas out on the flats. He saw cattle, but no horses. Maybe he'd have a lot of riding to do tomorrow. Raindrop and Polka Dot must have kept going to the north. Pete was about to stretch out for a rest when he caught sight of something in the sand at the edge of the dunes below him. He looked more sharply. In spite of the distance, he thought he could make out the outlines of a jeep, and near it was something dark in the sand. He remembered Hatsy half-buried that morning. Could it be the driver of the jeep who had had an accident of some kind? Even if it was more, Pete couldn't just go away. He zigzagged down the mountainside as fast as he could. Soon he could see that his guess had been correct about one thing at least. It was a jeep, all right, with sand drifted high around it. As a precaution, Pete tied Sandy to an aspen close to the dunes and hurried toward the jeep on foot. There was no one in it, but the dark object nearby was not a man. Pete dismounted and looked in amazement. There, at his feet, were the neatly severed heads of two deer, one a doe and one a buck, and a heap of offal, undoubtedly the insides of the same animals. The drifting, unpredictable sand that might have buried the heap entirely had left it partially exposed. A lot of things began to add up suddenly in Pete's mind. He stepped over to the jeep for a closer look. In the rear end was a wash tub, drifted half full of sand. It was bloody and must have been used to carry deer parts. Pulling the sand away with his hands, he found the jeep's Colorado license plate and memorized the number. Then he brushed the sand off the seat and tipped it up to see what he could find. There he saw some tools and a letter which had apparently slipped down between, behind the seat. It was addressed simply to Leonard Moore. No postage stamp, no address, and it came from the Ashmore Hotel in Colorado Springs. Shamelessly, Pete opened it and read, Dear Mr. Moore, the last delivery of chickens was received and payment been credited to your account. The beef, however, was spoiled on arrival and had to be rejected. You will have to be more careful about refrigeration in the future. It looked as if Moore's in the wholesale meat business when he isn't out camping, Pete thought to himself. Then, wait a minute. It could be that Moore was rustling beef and poaching, too. All signs pointed towards Moore as far as the dead deer were concerned. If the guy was shooting does, it wasn't hard to understand why Pete had seen the little fawns running around alone. But what was he doing out here on the dunes with the jeep? Pete supposed it was just easier to bury refuse in the sand than in the hard earth on the mountain. He remembered how neat Moore's camp was, and he supposed the jeep had been abandoned in the big sandstorm that morning. Suddenly, Pete realized he'd better leave. 
Moore might return at any minute to dig the jeep out, and Pete had no desire to be caught prying into the man's private affairs. He tossed the letter down and put the seat back into place over it. The ceaseless wind which shifted the sand was already concealing the fact that he had been there by the time Pete mounted Sandy and rode off. The sun was dropping behind the San Juan Mountains as Pete reached the place where he and Hatsy had first camped. He would spend the night here. It was even possible that the Appaloosas might come to the creek there for water in the morning and save him the trouble of hunting further. If he didn't find them by the next morning, he'd go back to the ranch and see whether the cowhands had seen any trace of them. Next morning, Pete was wakened by a sharp whinny from Sandy. Answering whinnies came from nearby. His hunch about the Appaloosas had been very lucky indeed. There were Raindrop and Polka Dot trotting down to the creek for water.